Live from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This is J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Hey everyone, I'm Jamie Rodriguez, your host of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This week and every week, and I am in an exceptionally good mood. The weather has been terrific. And well, I've been playing pickleball a lot. Do you know anything about pickleball? Well, I plan on being a world champion someday when I am older. Well, anyway, it's a great game. If you ever want to play it, hit me up. I will meet you at the park. Now, let's start this episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast, shan't we? And guys, we have such a promising talent from Australia. We love our Aussie friends here. An incredible songwriter, Americana troubadour, standing at five feet tall with soaring vocals, Lisa DeAngelis, guys. She blends traditional folk music with her own Americana grit. She's got a great life story that she's going to share with us in the show. I mean, she's uh, her, she's been in uh, Belgium, Arkansas, Sydney, you know, all over the place, just like sharing her songwriting with the world. She is a graduate of the Country Music Association of Australia's prestigious Academy of Country Music. And she's made a name of herself really quickly, guys, and she's gearing up to release her first album. So definitely you guys are going to be in for a treat uh, when you start hearing to Lisa DeAngelis. And stay tuned to this episode because she's going to give us a spellbinding performance of one of her songs, Wander Home. So make sure to check that out. If you want to find out more about this amazing troubadour, I am LisaDeAngelis.com. We'll hook you up. Everything from uh, future tour dates, biography, fan club, and all those shenanigans. And she's going to be making her way stateside pretty soon, I will think. So for all you American fans out there of Americana, keep her on your radar. Now, if you're new to the show, you know the drill, guys. We love you to give us a little review, little rating, gives us a little nudge. You know, wherever you listen to your music, all this stuff matters to us and keeps us motivated. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, without further ado, Lisa DeAngelis on J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. Let me look at your fashion. Let me just take it in that you are here because I'm such a big fan. Look at you. Oh my God, that's so cool. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, same, same, Lisa. I mean, you know, I should have known you long before, Lisa, because you have been releasing amazing music for a few years now. Um, I mean, the Prairie Songs EP, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for, Lisa? Oh, yeah, freaking awesome. Like, oh, Thank my God, you. I love it so much. I mean, Cool Change, Tom Petty, Eden, it's all wonderful stuff. And um, of course, of course, Lisa. And, and the one you just released uh, in 2020 as well, Stella, I'm Bleeding. Mm -hmm. It just takes your great songwriting and gives it a little bit extra like punch, a little bit extra rock and roll. Thank you. And, and a little bit of R&B. It's just a really beautiful thing, Lisa. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's so cool that you've heard everything. I, um, I think for me especially, I um, the Prairie Fire sessions, 
if he was just like a I was going to play a, a big festival here in Australia and it was sort of the first thing I'd done and I just thought I need to have something recorded that I could give people so they remember they saw me and whatever right. and um yeah it's really cool it somehow got all the way over to you in in yeah in Nashville right that's where you're yeah, based exactly, exactly. yeah it's super cool I really appreciate Absolutely. that Thank well you. everyone starts like everyone huge has that story that you just told yeah me. right so yeah, you cool. know cool. So, so that's that's like a checkbox on the road checkbox yeah, cool. I love it <laughs> that's amazing I love thank it. you so before we get started you know how are things in Australia right like why don't you give us a COVID update because uh, from yeah. the land down under because I don't think we've had Aussie guests since like September August ish yeah. and so how are things over there um well especially since September or August things are very different I think um it's actually, this sounds really bad to say, especially I know you're calling in from America and I have a lot of friends in the US that I talk to and I know things are not great right now, um, but we're, we're almost back to business as usual over here. Yeah, good for um, you. Yeah, so we're still doing the, um, I mean, we do, we have like check-ins, which is different state to state, um, but so I'm here in New South Wales, which is Sydney, right. um, and we've got like a sort of just a single government, which I guess sounds a bit scary, but it's actually been working really well, like a single <laughs> government check-in. So um, stores and restaurants and things have like a QR code at the entrance of their stores. You check in and then that way it makes it really easy for them to track, you know, whoever else they need to get in contact with. And it seems to be working well. Okay. So, yeah. I love it. Well, We've, you know, yeah. you, guys, you guys have been ahead of the curve with all this stuff. So, um, and you guys are doing concerts now. I've seen like videos and images. Yeah. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. It's been really, it was sort of a strange pivot, I guess, for someone like me who's sort of uh, starting for all intents and purposes. You know, the Prairie Fire Sessions was sort of the first thing I had properly released, which was 2019. And then obviously 2020, I was like, yeah, this is my year. And then it was <laughs> right. nobody's year. <laughs> but um, especially for someone like me, it was a really interesting pivot because you sort of go from being like, all right, we're like just getting started. We're releasing this stuff. We're going to, and then everything kind of, you know, I think uh, for, for me and like people in my position, I guess, who are just sort of starting out, um, it was actually kind of good because it was felt like a bit of a bit of room to breathe. Like, okay, I don't have to have everything done. I don't have to have a release. I don't have to have, you know, I can right. just record some things in my house and that's what everyone's doing right now. So it's okay. But yeah, concerts and things are, are kind of more or less back to usual. I don't know about dancing. For a while, you weren't allowed to dance at big concerts, like they were seated. And I think that's still happening. Okay, so um, dancing is still allowed. It's like dirty dancing. I think that's so. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's like, okay. I think it might be state to state, but I think here you're not allowed to dance yet. Yeah, da yeah, dancing is like the holy grail, I guess. All right. I don't know. Yeah, we're just, we're waiting for the day. <laughs> I went to one concert, one festival, actually in Queensland, the state of Bob Mine, um, which was like the first concert in the state that you were allowed to dance at. There was like a crowd and oh it actually felt so weird. It was like, oh God, it's like, don't come close to me. Like it was, especially after living a year, like where you don't want anyone near you, it was really strange. What a strange yeah. conversation we're having, but yeah, yeah. you know what? I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, totally. I can't, like what dystopian nightmare is this? But yeah, I know what world do we live in? Oh my God, Lita! <laughs> but listen, I, I mean, you your story is so fascinating on so many levels. Uh, but the first Thank thing you. that sticks out is how mm -hmm. damn good you are at songwriting and guitar, and yet oh, you only you. picked it up 
in 2017. Is that right? Yeah, I um. So I had the song Stella, actually, the one that I released last year, was from an EP, the first thing I ever recorded, which I think was recorded in, I want to say 2015, but I might be wrong. Um, and that was my first EP, and it ended up being shelved, basically. Just there was right. issues with the studio and the people involved and all kinds of things. Um, common story that you hear, especially for up-and-comers. It just got shelved, and um, there were some songs on that that I was really proud of, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to release them if I think they're in keeping with what I'm doing musically down the track. Sure. Um, so Stella's actually was like the first thing I did musically. And then um, basically once that all happened, that the record got shelved and I felt like all of a sudden I had an EP that I was like, what do I do with this? I don't know how to release it. I don't know how to tour it. I don't have a team. I didn't really know anyone yet who was a musician. So I, I didn't really know what to do. And I think that's a, a really common thing, especially if you're just starting that you're like, well, actually, how do people do this? Like, I, right. where do you get a team from? Where do you get, you know? So um, I basically was in like a sulk about it. I was like, I don't know what to do. My record got shelved. It's been crap. I'm, And I had a friend who was, you know, uh, some friends who are like full-time professional street performers. They just travel the world and, and perform at festivals like busking and and that's right. their lifestyle um it's not the lifestyle for me but I thought it was very cool and I spent some time with them in 2017 um probably it was the year that I found out that my EP had been shelved and that there was like the masters had been lost there was like no way oh, to recreate it live God. it was horrible and so I just found out a few weeks before and I was in a really bad place and spent some time with those guys um, and I realized that there was ways to make music work for yourself. You know, you don't have to have like a team and, uh, you know, right. all this stuff behind you. All this corporate, so, yeah. Exactly. And I think I felt like I really needed that because I felt scared. Like I didn't know what, how to approach things. So sure. spend some time with them. Um, Ruben Stone, especially who's a, a, like a looper like he does live looping he's from New Zealand and mm -hmm. uh, some of his friends that he travels with um, and I spent some time with them and thought I'm gonna learn to play guitar so I went out the next week and I bought a guitar and to make myself learn to play I just started booking gigs for I think six weeks after I bought it like mm -hmm. covers gigs <laughs> so just, yeah, yeah. I, I learned to play music like guitar especially just through like stubbornness and force of will <laughs> Unbelievable, Lisa. But but a lot to unwrap there. So, um, I mean, did you always know you were you were geared towards music? Like, the, like let's go back to the beginning. Did you grow up in a musical household? Not really. So my dad's a big music fan. Um, right. You know, I grew up listening to his music taste, which is like The Doors and David Bowie and Iggy Pop. Um, then my sister is a guitarist, and I think that's also why I hadn't really played. You know, you kind of, especially as as sisters and siblings and I'm the youngest sibling and there's some degree of always like doing what your older sibling does and I think for a long time I was like guitar's Lana's thing I'm gonna let her have that and like you know not do that for right. myself kind of thing gotcha. um but no not really I played a bunch of instruments because I always had dreams that like one day placebo was gonna knock on my door and be like Lisa <laughs> we need you to play in the band like, <laughs> right so, <laughs> it hasn't happened yet but like what's this space I mean, they could um, use you, honestly. Yeah. Uh, thank you. 
thank you. Someone tell Brian Molko, my musical hero from my teenage years. <laughs> um, but I, uh, so I played, a, I tried a bunch of instruments, just never found anything that stuck. Um, I started singing probably when I was 17 and I wasn't really taking it very seriously. It was just something to do. I was really shy. So it was like a confidence builder. Um, yeah. And then I got into, I did some corporate shows through my singing teacher. I got auditions. And so my first sure, job sure. out of high school was singing like, uh, like duops or like three piece harmony, right. acapella stuff. Um, and then, yeah, I thought it was, it was kind of a, not a great environment. It was like, you know, lots of, it was very competitive and not really the kind of music I listened to. And I sort of did that for a little while and then thought, that's it. I quit music. So I quit music. I think like twice, that's probably the, that was the first time. And then the second time was when the EP got shelved. Right. And I was like, no, I like it. I'm going to keep doing it. I'm just going to buy a guitar. <laughs> well, I hope it's clear now, Lisa, that like you can't quit music. Mus you are music. That's, you know, uh, that's, that's, yeah. that's your purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you, you sort of, I think for a long time, I didn't feel like I felt, I didn't feel very clear about what my, my purpose was at all. And then once I sort of started singing, it became a little bit clearer. And then as I got older, I felt like, all right, I'm discovered songwriting. It's all the things I like all combined. I can dress like a cowboy, which is one of my interests. Mm. And I, you know, it was just like, oh, all right, it's, it's happening now. My mom recently, I had a setback with, um, you know, with COVID starting my first album. Okay. Um, and I sort of started recording during COVID and then everything, everything changed. And my budget changed, my financial situation changed. I couldn't play gigs, which is like, you know, cover gigs and things and my, my bread and butter, it's like my day job. Yeah. So it really changed my finances. And I was like, that's it. I had another one of those tantrums that I <laughs> seem to have like once every day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, was like, is this a sign that I should quit music? And my mom was like, stupid thing to say is that like, no, it's just COVID. Like, no, you know, yeah, you know, we got, it, we got if there. An, if anything, Lisa, it's like when things open back up and people start listening to your music, which, by the way, really, like, the, I played this to a couple people and the mm. expression is always like, oh, my God, everyone's eyes just burst open. So Thank that's, you. What, that's, so that's cool. what you do to people. So the more people hear it, that's going to happen more and nothing's going to mm. knock you down anymore because you've been through the that's shit true. already. It's like, what? Yeah. you've been through a pandemic, masters, bullshit. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Like, nothing's going to That's true. Happen. Oh, that's so cool. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I totally. feel, yeah, I think, um, you know, you have the, my first experience with the EP was really bad. And, you know, I've dealt with like a lot of difficult personalities and things that make you go, oh, you know, people just, I've been through all of it at this point. And I feel like, um, you know, I'm ready to get started properly. So I've been working on this album while COVID's yeah. been happening and yeah. You're ready to roll. I love it. Yeah. So we, yeah. we haven't talked about, um, there's so much I, I i told you your story is so fascinating but we haven't even talked about the punk band when you were young right mm -hmm. you played in a yes. punk band what was the yeah. name of this punk band and what type of music did you all play so i actually played in a bunch of different bands and none of them really did very much like i wasn't we weren't like bands that were touring or anything like that it was just like finding my feet musically i guess so mm -hmm. my background even actually until quite recently has been in the folk punk scene which Nice. weirdly is a scene I didn't know it was a scene until I they kind of picked me up but um I kind of came from uh you know I really liked quite hardcore music when I was younger and then from there I ended up in uh 
you know, a band probably similar to like Versa Emerge, I guess, you know, female vocalist, really heavy music. And yeah. then uh, into like an indie band. Um, and then from being in that uh, kind of another rock band, I guess. I don't know. I've just been through all these. What I needed, what I think is really weird about this is that you asked me if I had a musical background and the answer is, I was like, no, I don't think so. But all of these things were just like, they came up, you know, someone heard me sing and was like, do you want to be in this band? And then maybe that band broke up and some of the members went over here or I, I wasn't taking it seriously at all. I did not think I was going to be in bands or doing music. It was just like something fun to do to like pass the time with my friends, you know? So um, yeah. But I, the folk punk crowd, I still play with. So it's like a combination of, um, you know, Sydney, especially has a really good scene for it, Sydney and Melbourne, mm -hmm. um, which is like a combination of people who play in folk, like punk bands, but then do like unplugged sort of folk versions of their songs. And yeah. then people like me who are a bit more like, uh, I don't know, old country, I guess. We yeah. call it that here because we can't say Americana, I guess, because <laughs> we're not Americans, I suppose. No, but, but you, uh, yeah, American is a, is a way of life. But yeah, like there's so much good yeah. music coming out of Australia. It's pretty, it's pretty fascinating, Lisa. Yeah. And, and 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 speaking of America, tell me a little bit about uh, how did you end up here, right? Because you have this transformative period in your life, both mm -hmm. creatively and emotionally, that you were here in in America for quite a few years. Was was it like love? Was it just a love thing? So yeah, I mean basically. So I met so basically what happened was I had a partner who lived had a boyfriend who lived in Arkansas and so I moved to Arkansas of okay. all places so stop right there yeah <laughs> where do you where does one go to meet someone from Arkansas to meet someone from Arkansas like even so I don't know I was, that <laughs> I don't know I know I actually I was a tour guide in Sydney for about five years and in that time I met one person from Arkansas okay but um so I uh I was backpacking when I turned 20. Uh, I picked up, uh, you know, just some stuff, threw it in a bag, and I went backpacking for a few months in the US on my own. And it was like cool. my first solo trip. Um, and then while I was on the plane home, I actually met. Um, Hold on, Lisa. Like, you're the most fascinating guest, like, all week. Hold on. <laughs> so you were you were backpacking in the U.S. How, what yeah. was, like, that, ex like, without going into details, what yeah. was that experience like? How oh, long, that was amazing. How long you did that for? The first trip, I think, was, I think, two months. Two months. And that's that's who I am as a person, though, is, like, I, I make decisions that seem like snap decisions, but I've actually been thinking about them for a long time, and I'll do anything that just seems like, if it could be cool, I'll do it. I'm not foolhardy um, and I, I do things on my own and I'm like five feet tall and small. I look like a Disney character. Like, no, I would go to my, battle. I don't know why, but I would go to battle with you. I don't know what battle. Oh, thank you. But I'm Just like, I'm, I'm on Team Lisa, dude, like forever. Thank 100 percent. Yes. Well, I'm on Team Jamie. Here we go. Thank we'll, you. We'll thank find you. some fights and we'll fight them. <laughs> we'll fight them. We'll find them. <laughs> so you went to Arkansas on that trip, I, I assume? No, I was actually, I think I was flying out of, back out of Canada and I was going like, like Canada, I think maybe Montreal, Los okay. Angeles, and then Australia. And while I was on that flight, I met the band Little Feet, who were like, I think a 60s, 70s. I'm going to feel really bad if I've gotten their, their dates wrong, but they were like a, they're like a blues grass sort of band. Uh -huh. um, and they're older guys. I met them on that plane or at the airport beforehand. And then I met their crew and 
basically that was how I ended up. I, they kind of invited me to come just like hang out for a couple of days at a few different venues. I started seeing someone on their crew and then, um, yeah, it all kind of went from there. And so eventually I moved uh, to Arkansas and then, you know, I kind of snowballed from there, I suppose. I ended up in the U.S. and uh, then did some stuff in, I ended up in Europe. I had a relationship in Arkansas that went really It didn't work out. Didn't work out, yeah. (laughs) But like really badly didn't work out. By the time I got to Arkansas, I like things had kind of gotten bad and um, I ended up in a pretty situation that I felt was quite dangerous for me. In Arkansas? Um, And so I packed my bags, yeah. Mm. Um, I packed my bags and I left in the middle of the night and I got on a bus, I think. I got on a bus and then I got on a plane and I basically took myself to Europe because I had a friend in Germany and I thought I couldn't afford to get home. It was, it was right before Christmas. Mm. Um, And a lot of my money had been tied up in that bad situation before. Um, And so, yeah, I ended up in Germany for a little while and then. uh, In in, in Belgium, right? In a bench as well. And then I ended up in Belgium. I went to, I think I did, I started in Amsterdam and then I couldn't afford it and I wanted to see this friend. So I went to Germany and then the, that story culminates with me just completely running out of money and sleeping on a train station bench mm-hmm. in Belgium um, until my poor frantic mother in Australia, who didn't know that I was sleeping on a train station bench, I should say. Like, I didn't want to worry her. She's my best friend. I just was like, oh, it's fine, mom. You know, right. I, didn't, I didn't tell her. When I've told this story on stage before, she's like, I feel really bad that people think that I let you sleep on a bench, but like she didn't know. So um, my right. poor mother back home then managed to get me a flight back home and I couldn't get the flight directly from Europe because I'd left some stuff with actually a stranger who became a very good friend. I'd left my, my bags and things in Texas um, with like a friend of a friend who had been like, she can help you if you, you know, you're in a bad situation. Um, so I went and got my bags back from her and she ended up coming to Australia to meet up with me a few years later, met the love of her life in my hometown and they eloped and now they live in Texas. So can I go back and this? forth. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah. So my mom got me back home, but I had to go like, I did like Arkansas, Texas, Amsterdam. Berlin, uh, Belgium, we're in Belgium. Yeah. I'm having a blank and I can't remember. It doesn't matter. And then I came back to Texas and then I came home. You know, and then I was traumatized. Is, you're the only person in the history of, in, you know, 2021 years that actually puts yeah. those cities in that same sentence. In that so, sentence. <laughs> yeah, you're a totally. unique unicorn, yeah. Thank you. Oh, man. No, but listen, that, what, yeah. a, what a great story. What a great story, Lisa. Yeah. And like all kidding aside, what, what I said, all these things, Mm-hmm. Beautiful because uh, tough skin, and and uh, you're totally. still, and you're still in the beginning stages of your career, and uh, like mm-hmm. as soon as this is open, and you have the music, you have the coolness, you have the vibe. It's like thank I, you, oh, that's so cool. Like nothing, like I'm, I'm sorry, part of my French, but nothing's gonna fucking stop you. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, I can't. So that's gonna be great, Lisa. And uh, t- tell me a little bit about this. Um, Steve Kilby, because we had him on the show. We had him on the show. Oh last my god, year. you had Steve Kilby. We had oh. Steve Kilby. He was in the hotel room. Um, cool guy. Oh, he's great, isn't he? He's so yes. cool and he's so dry. Like he's really funny and yes. I was expecting to be terrified of him. 
Like, right. <laughs> he's actually so cool. Funny you mentioned um, that because when we, I remember it was it was a while ago, but I remember yeah. doing research that we were like, oh, is this going to be a good one? And he was a great one. Yeah. yeah. He's great, right? So that happened because, oh my God, I feel like everything in my life is just a series of weird coincidences. I'm sorry. I'm trying to keep this as quick as I can, but basically, um, or the universe is with, with you, Lisa. You know, I'm sorry. That's what I think it is. Yeah. What I always feel like. Man after my own heart. I feel the same way. I think one of my like mottos to myself that I never really say out loud, but I think in my head all the time is follow your coincidences. You know, yeah. the right things present themselves. But uh, so I did, I went out on an outback tour with Steve Kilby out into the Australian desert because we were locked down in our states. So like all the borders shut, um, which is a pain because my boyfriend is from another state. So we did like all of last year apart, which is brutal. But um, we could only go as far as the New South Wales border. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen a map of the states in Australia, but we only have, we have a country that's huge and we only have like a handful of states in it. So all the states are big. So we, I say we couldn't go outside of New South Wales, but we still drove like 10 hours, you know, yeah. before we even right. came close to the border. Um, and, uh, so we went out to the outback, you know, like what you see, like the red earth and just like the flat land. It was magic. We did a trip out there on a big tour bus um, with a handful of other creative types. Basically, uh, it was ostensibly to make a documentary, but then I don't know if the documentary actually turned into anything um, <laughs> because it turned out that most of the people using the cameras, like we were all just like, it was like a team of creative folks. It was like musicians and visual artists and performers and actors. We had like a guy who is a great drummer and also a set builder for the Sydney Theatre Company. Like we had all these great people, but it turned out that none of us really knew how to use a camera and it was... <laughs> It was meant to be very like there were probably drinks or probably drugs going around like it is what it is good times not for me but there were those things of course <laughs> but um uh we basically also it turned out afterwards i spoke to the guy who had shot most of it and i said so what's the footage like and he was like oh i don't know we shot a lot of it in slow-mo by accident <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. so we just went on this trip that um was very transformative to use your word from earlier um a very transformative experience out in the desert we filmed a lot of uh things and we set some cars on fire and painted some stuff in the outback and it was wow. really amazing and uh so I got to open a few shows for Steve um we had done a a little strange short film together where he was the star in it and I had written some of the soundtrack so they just wrote me in like a little role for it um and so we had met um, and, you know, it turned out she had a real interest in metaphysical things and mm. alien stories. And, you know, so uh, he and I and especially his his girlfriend really hit it off. Uh, and then so I went on this tour with them and the other crew and we went out to Broken Hill, which was where Priscilla Queen of the Desert, you know, the Priscilla Queen of the Desert pub. We played a show there and it was very cool. The first like two days I was like, oh, my God, it's Steve Kilby. Like, <laughs> Oh my god, don't look at him. But um, because you know, but he was actually so cool and friendly. He wrote me a song actually. Oh so wow. he's written a song for me that was really nice. He sent it to me a few weeks ago and I've got to get it recorded. But yeah, like a, a great guy. Lisa DeAngelis doing Steve Kilby. Yeah. Lisa, you're full of great yeah. stories. This is I mean, we, we gotta, you know, you. yeah, I could talk to you for days, it seems. Let's talk about your <laughs> I, songwriting. 
because uh yeah i mean unbelievable what a, what a what a great human and artist but yeah your voice lisa your voice is amazing your charisma clearly as well but to me what sets you apart to another mm -hmm. level is mm -hmm. your songwriting it just gives oh, me you. like the chills like thank when you, you write when you write a song like buddy holly for example mm -hmm. um the character whether it's you or not is pouring mm -hmm. itself out into the paper with such bravery, such openness. And it's like a universal feeling, Lisa, to be loved, right? Yeah. Is it hard to write such a raw song like this for you? Or, or is it just like part of the process, part of the job? Writing it was easy. Playing that song was very hard. Mm. Um, getting up in, I didn't, I, I think that part of the reason I never thought that I was going to be a musician was because uh, it was really hard for me to be honest. You know, I had a really, not honest, but I had a really hard time being like, yes, this happened to me and this is my story. I felt right. like I didn't, I didn't have necessarily the life experiences when I was younger. And also I felt like I didn't want to put myself forward that much. And then after everything sort of happened with Arkansas going really badly and that brief spell of homelessness and, you know, coming out of like quite abusive relationship and all that sort of thing, I realized that the only way to get past things for myself, the best way for me to deal with them was to just start writing them. And then in turn from there, I mean, it's that universal thing, right? But you write something and other people go, I've been through the same or I feel the same way. And you get community in that way. Um, Buddy Holly, I woke up and wrote in the middle of the night because I was experiencing a period a couple probably yeah a couple of years ago just before that EP was released mm. um where I felt like I just can't make it work I can't make relationships work I don't know if it's me but if I'm the common denominator it must be me you know right um I can't I just am not meeting anyone that I feel good about and when I do it doesn't last long or um things that I think a lot of people go through so writing it I sort of woke up in the middle of the night and I was really upset and I just got up and wrote it and it came out like a gift from God, you know, just like, it's not usually that easy. They just kind of, it just came right out. But then I was really proud of it. I was like, what a beautiful song. And then I got up to play it maybe a week later and felt deeply vulnerable about it, you know, being mm -hmm. like, oh my God, right. now, now I have to own this. Like now I have to look at, at people in an audience and tell them that like, yeah. Yo, I'm be vulnerable. Shit yeah. at relationships or whatever, like you know. And that was that was what was tricky about that song. But oh I'm very proud of it. I feel proud for it's being a great able song. To that. It's a great song. Lisa, you gotta come to Nashville next time you come to the U.S. Because I would love to. You know, it's Ugh. like you would fit in here just perfectly. I feel like. Oh, thanks. People, people like I... yeah, celebrate it. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, we are my. My partner and I talk about it all the time. You know, he's a he's like a drummer for a bunch of country bands. Um, we'll like you know, and we we talk about it all the time that we want to go to Nashville, and then of course COVID hit. Right. <laughs> you know? And Lisa, before you play a song for us, which I think mm -hmm. I think I think you will, what does that tattoo say on your right arm? Which is you know, oh my gosh, yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah, what's the story Thanks. with that one? Do you know what? Okay, so this tattoo, this was the second tattoo I ever got, and I got it right before that first backpacking trip. Mm. Um, because, you know, I was going out into the world on my own and first thing I was doing by myself. Um, and it's from a book that I had just read. It's one of my favorite books by an author named Tom Robbins. Mm -hmm. uh, it's from a book called Jitterbug Perfume. And 
I've never heard it said aloud, so I'm not 100% sure how you say it. I say <laughs> Erleichter, but okay. I don't know. That's what sounds, um, sounds fancy. So. Sounds fancy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's basically from that, that book, uh, it's, the idea is that it's like a, a word from a lost Bohemian language, uh, and it means it's the secret to like living forever, the secret to a happy life, and it means lighten up. Nice. Yeah. Well, that's part that's of you. That and that is part yeah, of you, yeah. Lisa. I'm telling yeah. you, Lisa D'Angelis, like we knew about the music. We were not prepared about all the colors radiating from your soul. Like Thank amazing. You. Oh my God, that's so nice. It, no, Thank no, no. I, I, and I mean that. And I never say yeah. that. Like you, it, I, I can tell that you have pink sometimes. Sometimes you're brown. Sometimes you're red, yellow. Mm -hmm. You have a little bit of everything. What a, what a great soul you are, Lisa. Fantastic. Thank you. Oh my God. Likewise. This has been so lovely. Thank you. Totally. Thank you totally. for also for being so, um, you know, as someone who actually knows about music as well, for being so validating. It's really cool. Like, Somebody who sees people and meets people. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, I appreciate that, Lisa. So what are you going to yeah, play for us? Thank you. So um, I actually think I hadn't really picked what I was going to play. I just sort of thought I'd see what the vibe felt like once I got on here. Right. Oh, what do I do with this? I thought I'd give you clearer audio quality by having headphones on, and now I don't know how, how it's going to go around my guitar. But um, now that we've been talking about it. Isn't it? It's yeah. uh, an Australian company called Cold Clark. They only one. made two of these. And um, it was made actually for a, a woman who became a like a tutor of mine, I suppose, a woman named Lynn Botel. Hmm. Um, and they made it for her. And then there was an issue in the wood. There's some kind of like, I don't know, some inconsistency in the grain. Hmm. So they made her a second one because it was like a surprise for her. And uh, years later, I was with her actually in Tamworth under her tutelage uh, at the Academy of Country Music in Tamworth, which is like our Nashville. Um, and I ducked out in my lunch break to go buy a guitar because I was like, no, I've, I've tried all these guitars. I'm going to buy one. I walked into the music store and was like, oh my God, that's it. Give me that's that. It. And yeah. I just bought it on the spot and I brought it back and was like, look what I got. And she was like, holy shit, I thought there was only one of those and she got her guitar <laughs> out of its case and it was the same guitar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so man. weird. But um, so this is a song called Wander Home. Um, this is actually the story condensed. Um, I often like to joke, I guess, that it's my, all my poor life choices reimagined <laughs> as, like, as like a happy. So, I mean, everything is happy. I should say that. I'm you know, but um, it's the story of that trip from Arkansas to Europe um, and then back. Nice. Not a wall. 
down any road just to see how far it goes. And I get lonesome, I know my way back home. I wander home, I wander home, I wander home, I wander home. Well, some years ago, I left to learn what I don't know. Let the kindness of strangers hold me as I go. I met this man, I pushed my large silver tongue in a pickup truck. But his hands were tired when he was holding me. So I packed my bags and left that night. But to Texas, got a flight. I called my mama and I made my way back home. I I'm gonna go out on a story, I'm gonna go out on a song, I'm gonna make death quake to take me when I'm done, cause if there's one real thing I know is time will come and time will go and nothing changes if you don't change along the road, so I'll choose true and I'll choose wise and if I don't we'll still got time. Fill my lungs and when I'm done, I wander home. 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 I fill my lungs and when I'm done, I wander home. Unbelievable. <laughs> so good. So good. Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for thank that you amazing so much. performance and thank you for your time. That was epic. Uh, thank you for your time. It's been honestly such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. I can't express how lovely it's been talking to you. Same, same. And you know what? Like, yeah, you're a friend, you're a friend of the show and uh, forget the distance. The soul is there. So absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, Jamie. Such a pleasure. Absolutely. Have a great rest of your day, Lisa. Thank you. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.